I believe what we do here on Sundays is the most important hour of the week, and hopefully you'll uh, feel the same way after you leave today. I want to say welcome to all those watching Facebook Live and listening online. Thanks for tuning in, and uh, it's good to have you guys to do that every week and appreciate it. Uh, those that couldn't be in the theater with us or just somewhere around the world. I saw last week uh, somebody from Japan was watching, so if you're watching Japan, welcome, all right? Uh, it's pretty cool around the world. Different, different people tune in. Yeah, we give Japan, woo! All right, so here's we're in a series part. This is part two of a series called the Backwards Plan, um, and here's here's the premise of the whole series. You know, right? It's how to get to where you want to go from where you currently are. How do I get to where I want to go from where I currently are? Um, and we're taking principles from the Bible that will help you to succeed. Because I believe every principle that works in in business, in family, you'll find it in the Bible. It's there, helping us on this journey. Um, and if you'll if you'll dig, you'll look, you'll find these principles. So I'm teaching some principles that are very scriptural. Uh, but you don't have to be a Christian. You don't have to believe to even practice some of these things because the uh, principles are universal. They just apply. They work uh, no matter what you believe. If you've worked work the plan, you work the principles. They'll work for you. And so um, uh, that's that's the idea of the service the series is how do I get to where I'm where I am, currently am, to where I really want to be. And so last week I challenged you with that. This is what we said last week. He said that we all end up somewhere at some point. In your life, you're going to end up 10 years down the road. You're going to find yourself at some point when it comes to your finances, at some point when it comes to your marriage, when it comes to relationships, when it comes to um, your, your job, your, your work, your, your emotions. You're going to end up at some point. The question is not are you going to end up somewhere. The question is really where do you want to be, end up at? Where do you want to be in these different areas of your life? Um, and that's what we asked last week. And a lot of times we, we said a lack, of, a lack of clarity is really what keeps us from accomplishing and to our, our goals and, our, and getting to these good destinations in our life. Uh, we said last week that this, that only 20% of our population has a destination in mind. Like only 20% of us will actually have a goal in mind uh, for our life, like where we want to end up when it comes financially. Only 20% of us in this room, is what studies show, has a, has a destination for, for our finances, has a destination for our marriage. The rest, the other 8%, are just kind of just taking it as it comes. Like, well, I kind of maybe a general idea of like, I want to be in that direction, but there's not a specific goal. They're not working towards something. And I said, what would it look like if we switched that? Uh, what, if, what if 80% of us in this room had a goal and a plan? What would we accomplish as, as people? in our city, in our world, if we'd begin to be those kind of people. And that's my challenge this, this series is, would you begin to think differently and even consider the possibility of doing this? Uh, I said this last week, that you can't hit a target that you don't aim at. If you don't ever aim at a target, you'll never hit it. And, and if, there, if, if you, and you can't aim at a, a target that doesn't exist, and so we're saying in our lives, what would it look like if we had a very specific, clear target for our lives when it came to our families, when it came to our marriage, when it came to our uh, vocation, uh, when it came to our finances? What if we had a clear target that we can shoot at? Because um, if, if you don't have one, you'll never hit a target you're not aiming at. You, you can't hit a target that doesn't exist. So create a target and then aim at that target. And we said this last week that you don't get credit. You don't win for hitting the wrong target. So make sure you're going at the right target. All right. Um, and and I, I, this is why I said it's so important because in our world, we are so about the immediate, what feels good right now, uh, that if we only live that way, if we just go from uh, filling to filling to what we really want now, we'll never accomplish anything great with our life. Because that'll just be a, a dead end road. It'll be a trail that we just walk around in circles. But if we can become the kind of people that live intentionally, we'll look back down the road in a few years and say, wow, look how far I've come. This is awesome. It's amazing. Um, they did this study, a survey of 95-year-olds. Right? They asked them a question. The question was this. If you could live your life over again, what would you do differently? And here are the top three responses from these elderly people who are on the ed- end of their, their journey, into their walk. 
They're looking at you know, they're closer to the end there. And this is what they said about life. They said, if I had to do it all over again, first answer was most popular. I would reflect more. What is that all about? That's about really thinking about what's important. I would think about what's really around me, what's really going on. I wouldn't just live from motion to motion. I would reflect more. I would take some time to say, all right, what's really important here? Second thing, if I had to do it all over again, I would risk more. I played it too safe is what they said. I, I hope you don't. I hope you live in such a way that you don't have to have that kind of response with your life. Man, I, I played it too safe. I wish I would have risked more. And the third one was this. If I had to do it all over again, I would do more things that would live on after I'm dead. I would do more things. See, because all of us want to chase the nice dreams of, men, of, of, of comfort and, and, and leisure. But at the end, really that's not big enough to really make your life have meaning. It's nice to have those things. They're not bad. But at the end of the day, what lives on after you is the most important thing. And they realize that. Notice, notice none of these are about things that they did. They don't regret the things they did. They regret all the things they did not do. They regretted not aiming at targets, not having a specific destination in mind. And I teased everybody. I said, you would not get on – if you went to the airport and the stewardess said, here's your plane, and you start walking to it and there's no destination, and you ask them, like, what, what's that about? I'm not going there. They'd be like, well, that's, just, that's your plane. None of us would get on that plane because we have no idea where it's going. But we do that every single day in our lives. We get on – the ride of life that's going nowhere, and we, we continue to go nowhere intentionally, like on purpose. We, we, don't, we, we don't choose something different. And our, our challenge last, last week was let's do something different. And so we said 20% of, of, of our population set goals, right? How many of you guys this week, well, we put some questions online to challenge you to, to, to get more specific with your goals. But how many of you guys be in that process of, of writing down some, some destinations, some targets, some goals? Yeah, I see a few hands. Be proud. Come on, lift your hand. Who's here? A few people? All right, so we improved. We might improve like to 30%, right, from the population here uh, in the room. My challenge is this, is this, what would it look like if we were flip-flopping in this room, that we'd begin to set destinations for our lives? Um, here's the thing about – anybody write those goals down that, that, that began to make the plan? All right, so here's the good, the good news. If you wrote those goals down, you're now in the 3% of the population because only 3% actually have written them down. So you're already making some improvements that way. If you have not, I'm going to show you some questions we asked. We said in these seven areas of your life, these major areas of your life, you need to have a specific destination or you will never accomplish what you really want to accomplish in life. And we said you're spiritually, physically, mentally, emotionally, relationally, financially, vocationally. Where do you want to end up when it comes to these seven areas? And so we asked some questions this week through Facebook to try to challenge you to think more about them. Um, you can take a picture in a while. I'll have all the questions up there. First question was this. Where do I want to end up in these seven areas? Like, get very specific. Where do I want to end up when it comes to my marriage, my relationship with my kids? Like, in 20, 30 years, what kind of relationship do I want to have with them? And then you get specific, and you begin to detail that and say, this is the kind. Um, how, much, how much bigger could I dream in these? Oh, if there was no limitations, how much bigger could I dream in these seven areas? If nothing was stopping you to dream as big as you possibly can, what would you dream about in those areas and begin to write them down? Do these goals only benefit myself, or do they accomplish God's purposes and help others as well? Will these targets outlive me? These goals that I've set, these, these destinations, the things that I accomplish, will something continue on after me? Because that's beginning to think beyond yourself. It's thinking more generational and um, what, how it's going to affect others. And then um, have I dreamed big enough? That's important. We keep asking, are you dreaming big enough? Are you dreaming big enough? Because God is a big God. He has big plans for us. If we will dream big with him, partner with him, we can see some great things. And last night, the final one was this. Is your list specific enough? Like, um, I'm going to go in that direction. 
You know, well, is that Albuquerque? Is that Las Cruces? Is that Arizona? What's that direction mean? You get very specific. No, I'm, my destination is Albuquerque. All right, that, that clears it up. Now that means we, have a, we know how to get to Albuquerque. But if it's kind of just in that area, it's like, well, that's kind of everywhere that way. It's not very specific enough. So get specific. So last week, the backwards plan, hopefully you see this by now, is we're, we're starting from the end, right? We're thinking about the end, the target, the destination, the goal. Where do you want to end up at? Today we're going to talk about the next part, which is the plan. This is plotting the path to your, to your destination. This is beginning to think, all right, I want to go to Hawaii. It means I need to, well, buy a ticket. Well, if I don't have money for a ticket, I need to earn some money for a ticket, right? You begin to walk backwards and say, how do I plot, plot the, the path, the course to get to that destination? Like, here's, my, here's, my, here's what, what I'm hoping about. Here's what I'm dreaming about. How do I make that a reality? And then you begin to start plotting a path. You start setting a course to get there. Um, so the week one is really know where you're going. It's really important. Just know the destination, know where you're going in the first place, and then make a plan for how to get to get there. And that's what the backwards plan is, and we'll continue to walk through the next few weeks of what that looks like. First one, though, is you have to know what you're aiming at. And, and, and um, as I asked that question, how many of you guys set goals? Um, there was a lot of people that didn't raise their hand. I would challenge you, set, begin to set a goal. Um, and we talked about it last week. A lot of reasons because people don't know how. Uh, people are afraid. They doubt themselves. Um, at the end of the day, do you want those things to keep you from accomplishing what you could accomplish in your life? Or will you be like a 95-year-old saying, I wish I'd have risked more. I wish I'd have done more stuff to outlive me. Those are people that didn't have specific goals in their life that they accomplished uh, and move forward. For, 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 for sake of, of um, um, just, just the idea of what I'm talking about here, all right? If you're going to plot your, your course, all right, um, somebody calls you and they say, um, I, I, I have you, – you, you, you won an award. You won a prize, um, and they're in Albuquerque. They say, you won this prize. Uh, it's, it's, it's worth a lot. The value is really high, uh, but uh, you have an hour. There's a deadline. You have to get it in one hour. If you don't get it in an hour, we'll move on to the next person and give it to the next person that's in line. Um, but if you come now within the hour, you'll get there. All right? So there's this, this treasure, this prize, something that's awaiting you in Albuquerque, but you only have one hour to get there. How many of you would get on northbound I-25 to get your prize? Anybody? No? Nobody? Why not? You, you get on southbound to go to Albuquerque, right? You wouldn't go the opposite way. Um, and how many of you guys, I mean, you could figure a way out. You can go through Klein's Corners, and you could eventually get there, and it would take longer, but you would risk the chance of, of losing that prize. Um, if that's your destination and that's your goal and that's the treasure, why not just go for your treasure right away? Well, what do you have to do? Well, you have to get in your car, first of all. Uh, hopefully you have gas. If you don't have gas, you stop and get some gas. You begin to make sure that you're going to get there and not run out of gas. You're going to get there so you have opportunity to get there. If you go the opposite way, you risk opportunity to lose. But here's the thing. We do this every single day with our lives. Like we say, I want, I want to be healthy. I want to be physical. I want to be healthy. I want to be healthy financially. I want to have healthy relationships. Like that's my goal and destination. And then we get in our car and we start driving in opposite directions of where that our health is. It's like, okay, so healthy, healthy finances. Well, man, I want to be healthy, but those shoes are really calling my name. I know I can't afford them, but I have Visa, I have Mastercard. Cha-ching, right? Ring it up. Let's let's go. So. Financially, if you want to be healthy, there's certain things you can't do, do or you'll never get to that destination. But yet, every single day, we make choices in all these different areas that are actually in the way. Here's a principle. It's called the principle of the path. All right? It's found in Proverbs. And, and the idea is this, that, that the direction and the path you're on will determine where you end up. 
not your intention, not your hopes, not your general idea of I want to end up there, but your, the choices that you make. Here's what it says. Proverbs 27, 12 says it like this. A prudent person sees danger and takes refuge. So the prudent is a wise person. Somebody who's aware, right? The prudent person is the one that connects the dots. It sees danger and it takes refuge. The prudent person sees there's something ahead and they get out of the way, all right? There's, there's rain coming. They get their umbrella out. They see that there's danger ahead. They hide so they don't get eaten by the lion. They see what's coming and they get out of the way. But the simple, they keep going and they pay the penalty. They keep moving forward. The simple, another word that we use for simple would be naive. Um, other translations of the Bible that aren't so nice, they say the stupid person, all right? The stupid person, the, the naive person, the simple person, they, they, they see the danger and they keep going and they end up suffering and paying the penalty, paying, suffering the consequences of it. Uh, the wise person says, that's not good. I don't want that for my life. They get out of the way. They see it and they take action. But the foolish person stays on that path until they suffer a lot of harm. Here's, here's the principle. The path that you're on, every single decision you make is leading you somewhere. Every choice you make when it comes to your relationship with your wife or your husband, when it comes to, to finances, when it comes to your health, every choice you make is leading you towards a specific destination. The question is not where you, where you going to end up, but where do you want to end up at? If your destination is healthy marriage, then you need to stay away from pornography, right? If, you're, if your marriage is a healthy, healthy relationship, you stay away from affairs. If, you're, if your relationship is a healthy, is, is healthy marriage, there's all these other paths you can take that you need to stay away from. Are you with me? Anybody with me? You, you, you say no to those paths, and you say yes to the path you need to get on. And when you're on those paths, you get out of the way, and so you don't get hurt. You get out of it. You, you change course. Uh, Andy Stanley says it like this. The present eventually becomes the past, and it shows up in the future. So your choice today will eventually be yesterday, and before you know it, tomorrow, it's going to affect tomorrow. It always shows back up into the future. And here's what the, what the writer of Proverbs is saying. He's saying the wise person connects the dots. He understands that life is connected. It's interconnected. It means the choices you make today will affect you tomorrow. All the calories you ate today, will some of them will hang around tomorrow. You with me? There's choices you make. And I love food. I love eating food. It's good. But if you're not burning those calories, they're staying, right? So the wise person says, I need to be aware that my choices today are not going to help me get to my, my, my intended goal, my desire. Because there's no such thing as an isolated event. There's no such thing as an isolated relationship. This one thing's not going to hurt me that much. This one thing's not going to make a difference. That's a lie. Every decision you make is leading you somewhere. Is that the path you want to be on is the question you have to ask. Is that the path you want to be on? Because um, eventually what we choose today will become our past and eventually it'll show up in our future. Every single decision we make shows up again in the future. Make wise choices so that you have wise outcomes. Um, Proverbs 17, 24 says it like this. An intelligent person aims at wise action, but a fool starts off in many directions. Our culture, is the, a lot of times, is, is the foolish people because we're going in many directions, hoping. It's kind of like this idea, well, I'm, I'm, I'm shooting for a really good future, so I just know what's going to happen. No, things don't just happen on accident. You just don't fall into something really good. You don't end up on the top of Mount Everest on accident. It takes a lot of work, a lot of preparation, a lot of planning, and a lot of dedication. A lot of You move forward. Intelligent person aims at wise action and says, that's my destination. I'm going that way. Sorry, I don't have time for that because that's a distraction. I'm going that way. Psalm 1-6 says this, for the Lord watches over the path of the godly, 
All right? But the path of the wicked leads to destruction. What path are you on? The first psalm starts off like this, saying that blessed is the person um, who delights in God's ways. He'll be like a tree planted by living water. We love that scripture for our church, for the grove. It's like this, this healthy tree that's living by water that has nourishment. He ends off by saying this, though, that the Lord watches over the path of the godly. The wise person that's planted himself by nourishment is on a good path. But the foolish person is not. And when he needs nourishment, there's not going to be any water to be found and will not survive, will not, not laugh. Last week I talked about Proverbs 5. Solomon is telling his sons, avoid the immoral woman because she has no purpose in her life, no aim. And she's going to just pull you into the depths of hell, is how he says it. And he says, pay attention. And over and over throughout the Proverbs, Solomon is, is telling his sons, pay attention to where the path is leading. Hey, when your friends get together and say, hey, let's go do this, let's go raise some hell, let's have some fun, let's go rob somebody, is how he says it in one of the, one of the translations. Let's beat them up and take all they have. Like he says, hey, pay attention because... If you look down the path, what they're doing is they're actually setting their own trap. Everything that they're doing is going to come back on them way more worse than what they just did. Pay attention. He says, don't even hang out with those people. Like, pay attention. Over and over, he's saying, be aware of where the path is leading you. Proverbs 4, 25 to 27 says, look straight ahead. Fix your eyes on what lies before you. If you set a target, a destination, look straight ahead. Mark out a straight path for your feet. Stay on a safe path. Don't get sidetracked. Keep your feet from following evil. He's telling, hey, a wise person says, there's my destination. I'm going to set a course and a path to get there. Um, it's a, it's, it, you, you create a plan. You make, you make a plan on how to get to the desired results that you want to have. So according to your, your hopes and your dreams, what are the wise things to do to get there? Today, what do I need to do to get to that place? For us as a church, uh, we have a very specific plan, and I believe this is why we've been so effective, because we have a really clear target of what we're aiming at. We're going after those the farthest from God, the lost, the least. We're saying, God, help us to reach those that don't know you. And then we get them on, we say, here's the path on how to accomplish what God has for you. Step one is this, know God. We want people to understand that Jesus died on the cross for them, to just know God. We want people to know God. The second step is we want people to find freedom. Uh, the third step is we want people to, to discover purpose in their life. And the fourth step is this. We want people to make a difference with their life because we were all created to make a difference. Step one, that's what we do here every Sunday morning. We help people to know that God has good, good plans for life. He, we want them to know God's plan for their life and to begin to have, start a relationship with him and go on this journey with him. Step two is our small groups. We have small groups. We're very intentional about this because we know that when you get in a group with somebody and you begin to share your story and they say, oh, you too? Man, I thought I was the only one. It's like, oh, wow, I'm not alone in this. No, you're not. And your struggles is other people's struggles. They begin to help you on this journey. And we, we believe people find freedom when you have close relationships. See, we find forgiveness when we say, God, forgive my sins. But James tells us we find healing when we can tell others. Like there's something about that. There's some kind of this, this, I, this part of it that we're actually healed from our past when we share with others. There's a cleansing. There's this help with it. So forgiveness from God, yes, but healing from when you begin to confess to others and help, help, let others help you. The third step, discover purpose. That's a growth track. We help people begin to pinpoint, how did God wire you? There's some, some uh, he's pointing out things in your life, your gifts, um, your personality, how you're wired. That Those are indicators of where you should use your, your, your time, your resources, your energy to make the most difference in this world. Because when you live according to your gifts and your purpose, you'll make a, great, a bigger in, impact and, and difference. And finally, make a difference. This is where we come together as a team. Uh, we have a, an amazing team at the Grove. They show up early to set up our lights, our stage, um, all, the, all the kids' ministry, uh, the snacks. We have people that go to Krispy Kremes to buy you guys some, some of those high-calorie food that I was just talking about, right? Yeah, um, 
Don't eat too much. They will stick with you, right? Um, but we have an amazing team that does that because we, we, we have a plan. We have a purpose to come together and make a difference. And because we have a plan, we can execute and work that plan. Um, and here's who you need to ask when it comes to the backwards plan. So if your target's over here, this is your goal, a healthy, you want to be financially healthy, all right? You want to be able to, um, to do a lot of good at some point in your life. And whatever the goal is that you set, you're very specific, you're saying, I want to accomplish this, uh, here's the backwards plan. You, set, you have to ask the question, what needs to happen before this happens, all right? What would need to happen before I re- reach my, my destination? And then you ask the, another question, you say, okay, so this needs to, so, um, you guys seen the big hospital on the south side that's being built, right? You, 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 it's obvious there's a big plan that goes along with that, right? That just doesn't happen out of nothing. There's all these steps and these processes that get that to happen. Right now we see the, the structures, more of the skeleton. And then before you know it, it'll be closed off and there'll be all kinds of stuff on the inside. Well, they have to have a master plan of what they're trying to accomplish, where they're putting what where, right? They don't just throw stuff up and, and, and you don't just get mud and, and, and concrete and you just throw it and say, man, I hope something really good is built out of this. No, you have to be very intentional. So what, they, what you ask is, if this is my goal, I'm going to build a really big hospital on the south side of Santa Fe. Well, what needs to happen before that? Well, I probably should file for a permit first to make sure that's even possible that we're zoned right. And then what do you have to do before that? Well, I make sure I have enough money to build this thing and how much is this going to cost. Well, what, how big is it going to be? Well, we need to make a plan. And so the, the idea is this, that the backwards plan is you say, what would need to happen before that? And then you say, okay, that needs to happen. And what would need to happen before that? Well, that needs to happen. And before that? Well, this needs to happen. And then you get more specific. Well, by this day, I'll need to achieve this objective, right? And then you say again, just prior to that date, I will have to need to, to have this done. And then before that can happen, by this date, I need to have this accomplished, another milestone. And on and on and on, this, to, to enable that next step, I'll have to have this done. And then finally you get to this point where you say, okay, today or tomorrow, I'll have to accomplish this. And before you know it, you have a hospital built on the, side of the south side of Santa Fe. Because at some point you asked enough, what before that, what before that, what before that. And here's the backwards plan. It's very simple, not complicated. But the reason people don't do it, I'll tell you why. The reason people don't do it is because it takes work. The reason people don't set goals is because it takes work. They have to overcome the fear of failure. Um, there's a man who started a, a, I, this week. I'd heard his story. Pretty amazing. A, a nonprofit, an NGO to, to different parts of the world where he goes and helps uh, the poorest of the poor. All right? They get arrested. They get incarcerated. He goes to help get them out because it was, it was unjust and it wasn't right. Uh, he helps save uh, kids from, from slavery in different parts of the world. And uh, he was, he was a, a lawyer for the Justice Department, and he wanted to start this nonprofit. And right before he started, he said he was overcome with this fear. He has this really big fear of, like, I don't know if I can accomplish it or do this. I, I remember the same feeling when we were talking about starting the Grove. There's like this thing that just creeps up in you, like, oh, man, can we really do this? And he said he began to make, you know, really noble excuses or noble fears. Well, if I do this, my family might suffer because it might not work. Maybe I shouldn't do this because, man, it might really poorly affect my family. And he says, no, that's not really the fear. That's just like a, an excuse. That's a reason not to do it. It's not a bad reason, but it's not the reason I will live with and eventually got to this point where he said really the, the fear that was driving it the most was fear of failing. He was afraid that he would start this, this organization and he would fail at it. And you have to explain to everybody around him, man, I failed at this. I didn't do what I was supposed to do. And then he had this question. He said, is that the kind of fear that I want to stop me from accomplishing what God has asked me to accomplish? And he says, no, that's not. As soon as he's able to call out what the fear was, he was able to overcome it because he said, that's not the kind of fear that I really want to control my life. 
And he's helped thousands upon thousands of people all around the world get set free from prison. And it's amazing things. IGM is an amazing, amazing uh, uh, organization doing great things. But here's the thing. We have to overcome those things. It's going to take work. It's going to take time. All these things that I'm challenging with, if, but if you do it, you will have great results. I, I can tell you, if, if you want the best example I can give you is look around at what we're doing here. This is, this is the backwards plan in effect. This is in action, like what we're doing. Not only every single day do we walk through the backwards plan. We say, here's our target for this Sunday, so let's do all these things, objectives, in order so that we can get to that. Like we want to have a life-giving service. So what are all the steps in there? Well, if I told you every single step, you'd be like, that's a lot. Well, yeah, for one person. But when you have a huge, uh, when you have a, a great amount of people helping, breaking it down, it's a lot simpler. Uh, starting a church, when they first told me what it was going to take, I'm like, oh, man, that is so, such a, a huge task. Can we just start, like, simple with just one thing here? Well, yeah, you can, but it's not going to become something really big. It's going to become really small. So let's figure out what you really want to accomplish, and let's walk backwards, and then be aware of what's going to keep you from getting to those next things. Um, when we break down our plans into smaller bite sizes, it's easier to accomplish it. Uh, Zig Ziglar says it like this. He says, life by the mile is a trial, but by an inch, it's a cinch. Most people fail at what they want to accomplish because they're trying to go the mile, the 500 miles. They don't realize, just go one mile today. It's okay. You'll, you can do it. And then tomorrow, maybe a mile and a quarter. And then in a week, let's try two miles. Because we, we try to accomplish too much too soon. And a lot of the reason is because we want the, we want the shortcut. We want the easy way. Uh, we, want, we want it just to happen. But it doesn't just happen. It takes work. It takes intentionality to be able to do this. Here's the thing when it comes to um, our goals and our dreams. Think of a year, all right? I heard a guy say it like this. Think of, think of the year as 52 sprints. How many of you guys can do 52 sprints? All right, maybe not right now, but if you trained a little bit, how many of you guys can do 52 sprints? Anybody? Every raise your hand. Raise your hand. Just, I believe in you, right? You can do it. If you trained a little bit, you'd be able to do 52 sprints. Well, that still sounds like a lot. Well, wow, in a year I have to do 52 sprints because there's 52 weeks, right? You with me? So 52 weeks would be like a sprint. So if your destination is, man, I really want to be healthy, right, physically. Well, 52 weeks, if every single week you kind of did a sprint towards that goal, what would that look like? Well, even that sounds a little daunting. Well, okay, so 52 weeks is really just seven, seven, seven days, right? So if we took, we took that into seven, seven jogs, and we could do seven jogs in a week, just seven, take seven jogs towards your goal. And break that down. 24 hours. Just take 24 steps, right? Break that even more down. 60 minutes in an hour, right? So 60-minute baby steps or break it down to five, 10-minute baby steps. Eventually, if you begin to make progress like that little by little, before you know it, you're on the top of Mount Everest and you didn't realize it. You accomplished all these things because you begin to shrink the change down into smaller, smaller sizes. Um, in our life, it's the same thing. You can't look for shortcuts. Uh, shortcuts don't work. Um, that's, that's why a lot of times people will get stuck, stuck in these, these, these cycles of, of doing the wrong thing and breaking it and doing the wrong thing because they're looking for a shortcut and shortcuts don't work. It takes intentionality. It takes discipline. It takes work, which we'll talk about in a little bit in the next few weeks. Uh, shrink the change. You have to shrink the change. And here's the great thing. Um, you don't have to rediscover and start over from ground zero. I can guarantee you that whatever problem, whatever challenge, whatever difficulty, whatever addiction, whatever you're facing, somebody in the history of the world has already solved it for you. Somebody has already solved it for you. Like they know the answer, how you can get through exactly what you're going through, which is good news. That means now you just have to find that person to help you get on that journey. It could be through a book. It could be through a mentorship or a coaching. It could be with somebody in a small group, a small group leader, another person from our church. There's somebody that can help you overcome what you can overcome. I heard a story this week about a man 
who wanted to build, a, build wells for people around the world that didn't have clean drinking water. And so he asked a friend who was a designer to help him out. Uh, the man, he, he just happens to go to his bookshelf and find this, this book that has this drawing of Leonardo da Vinci, uh, of this pump that he, that he designed a long time ago. And then he had another book that he found from, um, that had this, this patent from England years ago. And he said, what would it look like if I put these things together? And this guy began to design, and, and he brought two ideas together, and he created a pump that only cost $20 to build for people that don't have clean water. And they've taken it all over the world to serve people that have never had clean water. For $20, they can have clean water. He didn't start from ground zero. He took somebody else's idea, somebody else's idea, put it together and said, here's the plan. Now let's, let's work it. And it's pretty amazing how if we will just be aware and look for opportunities to learn from others, we can learn from others. So here's my challenge for you today. My challenge is this. Chart a course to your dreams. Chart a course to your dreams. Make, make a plan. And if you don't, here's what's at stake. Like a, like a, a wandering person in the, in the jungle or in the forest that doesn't know where to go, if they never write down and begin to document where they've been and where others have been, they will walk in circles until they die. Like that will be their life, walking in circles, not knowing how to get out of there until you die. And then you become a 95-year-old that says, I wish I'd have risked more. And I wish I'd have done things that outlived me more. I wish I'd, I wish I'd have just done, done that. I held back. The question is, do you want to be that person? Or do you want to be like those navigators who, who find a way and they begin to, to chart the course and they, they mark out, you know, we've been walking in circles for years. Hey, why don't we begin to pay attention? You know, that... That waterfall over there, that's dangerous. Let's mark that and, on our map, and let's not go that direction. And that mountain over there, well, we know what's over there. Hey, I think over that, over that horizon that way. I think that's the way to go. And then you begin to mark your path out like a map. You make it. You begin to say, before that happens, I need to do this. And before that, I need to do this. Before that, I need to do this and this. God has a backwards plan also. I love it. It's amazing. Let me show you. Ephesians 3.11 says like this. He says, uh, Paul, Paul talking to the church in Ephesus, he says, This was his eternal plan, which he carried out through Christ Jesus, our Lord. He saw the target he wanted. And you know what he wanted? He wanted you. He wanted me to be in his family. He wanted us to have a relationship. He said, this is my goal. This is my target. This is what I created humans in the first place, to have a relationship. Now, sin entered in, is destroyed, is caused what we seen yesterday, just destruction and, destruction and devastation and a lot of bad things. But he says, but I have a plan. I want you to get back here. And here's my plan. I'm going to start by doing this and this. And as you read scriptures, as you begin to read through it, you begin to find, wow, he is introducing all these things way back here that's going to eventually lead up to here. But he walks backwards. He says, before this happens, we need to have a way back to God. So I need my son to die on a cross. I need my son to, to, to stand in the gap for these people. And before that, this has to happen. Before that, this has to happen. And throughout scriptures, we see this. And it says that God had a plan with you in mind and me in mind. But he also is not a God that forces us. He's a God that invites us. Proverbs 3, 5 through 6 says this. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding, but seek his will in all you do, and he'll show you which path to take. You might be here and be like, okay, this is all really good for you, Eric, and you've done this. It's nice. For me, it's very overwhelming. I had, I had somebody last week tell me, I'm very anxious about this series. I said, why? Because I've never set a goal in my life. And I said, this is great. Can you imagine what happens when you hit that goal, that first goal and that second goal? And then can you imagine in 10, 20 years that after you get really good at, at, at setting these destination and targets, that you begin to live a life that outlives you? How amazing 
is that? How wonderful will that be? And before that, what do you need to do before that? Seek his will in all you do, and he'll show you which path to take. That's the good news. God wants to help us on this journey. And when you're stuck, when you don't know what to do, if you'll just say, God, I need your help. God, I, don't, I, I need your help for this. And he'll begin to partner you with people and show you, show you the path and introduce you ideas. Um, I have this theory that every time that I need to learn something for my next development, God always shows up in different ways. For me, a lot of times it's books. Like I'll buy a book and I'll start reading it. I'm like, this is the worst book ever. Who wrote this book? Put it away. A year later, I'll come back. I'll start reading the book and be like, I can't put it down. This is the best book in the world. Why didn't I read this earlier? Because I didn't need it back then. But today I needed it. God will always put things on your path and on your journey to help you if you will seek him. It's what we're looking for. It's what we set our heart on. When it comes to um, spiritual, what our goal spiritually is and relationally and financially and emotionally, those are important things to think about because at some point in our life, we're going to end up somewhere in all of those, all of those areas. But let me tell you about the most important destination that you should not miss. It's the whole point of this whole earth in the first place. It's called the kingdom of God. It's called heaven. If you miss everything else I said today, please don't miss this. Because you can live your whole life and hit all the goals in all these other areas. But if you miss this one, you really missed them all. God, he loves us so much. Right? The Bible says he loves us so much that he gave his son willfully for us to stand in our gap. See, because the Bible says that when we sin, there's, there's, there's payment that needs to be happened for that. We need, we need to, um, we need to be account- held accountable for our wrongs. And Jesus stands in the gap and he pays that debt for us. And invites us in and says, now follow my lead. Now let me accept my payment for you. And the whole point of all the scriptures is God saying, don't miss the end. It's going to be amazing. It's going to be be wonderful. Don't miss that. Every single day, you'll have choices to take paths that are going to lead to places that will not bring fulfillment. They'll leave you empty. Um, You'll wake up and say, how did I get here? You'll wake up and you'll be depressed. You'll be disappointed. You'll be um, angry at yourself. You'll be hurt. You'll be frustrated. You can, you can choose those. God allows us the choice to that. But those paths will never lead to God. They'll lead to ourself. They'll lead to us just on our own. And the whole point is God is saying, would you just get on the path that I have for you and trust me? Yes, those things look good. Not all of them are always bad. But they're not going to lead you to the best path that I have for you. Would you trust me? And my job today is this, is to ask you, would you put your trust in God? Would you ask God to be your leader, to be your guide on this, on this journey of life? And I promise, when you allow him to lead, he'll lead you to places that aren't, aren't necessarily easy all the time, but places where you'll find fulfillment and joy in life. I'm 37 years old. And honestly, if you were to ask those questions that the other people asked, were asked, I can say, if I die today, I would be pleased with the life that I've lived because I've said yes to the things God has said to me. I promise, I would. I've lived a fulfilled life, and I'm not afraid of what the future holds. I don't regret what the past holds. My wife hates when I talk about that. Like, but if God took me, and, and like my kids had to grow up, I trust God to raise my kids more than, he, than, 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 than I trust to raise them myself. Make sense? Like, I trust God on this journey. Whatever he says yes to... What it wants me to say yes to, I say yes to. And because of that, I don't have, I mean, I have regrets. Obviously, we all have regrets. We do things that we shouldn't have done. But looking back over my life, I am pleased on the path with God that I've been on. And I'm saying, God, continue to lead me. 
And today my invitation is this. Would you finally for once maybe say yes to God? For others, have got off the path, you're wandering in circles. Would you today say, all right, God, I'm tired of wandering. I want to be in your path. For others that are fighting that path, you start walking, you're like, no, I, I don't want that. No, yeah, I want this. No, I don't want that. Would you make up your mind to say, there's the direction. Mark out, mark out the path. Stick with it. Go. And then in a while, look back and say, wow, look how far I've come. It's pretty amazing. And here's the thing. 37 years is nothing to my credit but the fact that God said, just trust me in this journey and the adventure will be amazing. It will not be easy. It will be hard at times, but I'm there with you. And even the hard times are going to grow you so you can do even more amazing things. It's like a slingshot, right? The further that you get pulled back in life, the more you can accomplish in the future. So those, those letdowns and those drawbacks and those things that you think these are horrible, no. It could be possibly a setup that God is just going to allow you to fly into the future to do a lot of good. And he'll use all of that past that you think is so negative for something amazing. But you have to start by saying, yes, God, first step, I trust you in my life. So David, do me a favor, close your eyes and bow your head. If you're here today and everything I just said is you and you're ready to say, yeah, I want to get on God's path, would you lift your hand? Let me know you're here. Awesome, I see your hands. Anybody else? Today I give my life to you, God. I see your hands. Awesome. I want to stop wandering in circles. I want to have purpose in life. I want to wake up tomorrow knowing that you have a plan for my life today, that day. And wake up the next day and the journey with you. Anybody else? Lift your hand. Awesome. Oh, you lift your hand. Thank you so much. So proud of you. Would you now repeat this prayer with me? And your seat's right there. Just an invitation for God to say, God, lead me. Forgive me for getting off the path. Forgive me for my own selfishness, my sin. And then you invite God to lead you on this journey. If you're a Christ follower, Christian, would you join us in praying? For all you pray, would you say this? Say, Father God, today I need your help. I admit it. I am lost without you. I do not want to wander anymore. I want to get on the path of life and follow your lead. So today, I invite you into my life. Forgive me of my sins. Thank you for dying on that cross for me. So I could have a way back to you. Lead me and guide me. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.